welcome to the Be Together podcast. We believe here that God did not desire for man to be alone. We are created with a need for companionship. So this gift has come to us through family and friends. Join me, Sarah, and my husband, Andrew, each week as we sit down with some of our favorite people and share our hearts on some fun and some difficult topics. Join us. Let's be together. Welcome back to the Be Together podcast. Thanks for listening. We made a goal this week of reaching 400 listeners. And last time I checked, we were at 412. So thank you to the people who tuned in the last couple days. I know I did a um, post on Instagram saying like, hey, help us get to 400. And you guys did. So thank you. It's exciting. Again, even if our episode gets one listen, that's okay. But it is exciting to see that number get bigger. So thanks a lot. Um, and just keep listening. We're glad you're back. So uh, if you have episode ideas, we are continuing to like develop our plan and what we're going to talk about. Um, so just don't be afraid to send those to us. You can do that by like commenting on social media posts or you can email us at be together podcast, and that's just the letter B at gmail.com. So send those our way if you got them. Um, last time we talked, we spoke about being intentional in our relationships with our you know, family, with our kids, with our spouse, things like that. Um, so if you haven't had a chance yet to listen to that, please go back and listen to it. It's actually kind of funny. Uh, after our episode, Sarah and I actually had a discussion about being intentional a little bit more with uh, certain areas of our life. So it prompted us to actually look a little bit into it, even though we actually talked about it. Yeah, we were leading the discussion, but then afterwards we reflected and it was good. So so hopefully yeah. uh, did the same thing with you guys and uh, you can uh, be more intentional in your life as well. So um, check it out if you haven't listened. Today's episode is uh, going to be real personal to us because we're going to talk about the Bible and why it is important to us and kind of what excites us about it, but also our favorite portions, which means, you know, we all love the Bible, but there are certain things that impact us a little bit different, certain stories, certain verses, things like that. So we're going to dive in a little bit. Uh, we interviewed our kids earlier as well, so they, we can tell you some of their favorite verses and favorite Bible verses and stories as well, um, but we're also going to do it. So, All right, so let's start off with, before we get into our favorites, let's just talk about the importance of God's Word, yeah. God's Word, the Bible. So, Andrew, mm-hmm. how would you explain what the Bible is? To me, the Bible is the living embodiment of God's character, his lessons, and his teachings on how to be a righteous person. Yeah. And that's a very, very long answer, but... Well, yeah, I mean, it's it's kind of complicated to yes. explain, I guess. Mm-hmm. But I always have thought of the Bible, too, as a historical document. Yeah. So, I mean, it's a it's an, a record of the past, and it's been, you know, validated and proven through lots of different means that, mm-hmm. you know, it is something that actually happened. It's the, these are encounters that were real. And um, I still believe that the Bible is living, yep, which absolutely. is kind of a complicated concept, but it's this idea that it was God-breathed, and we believe that God is still living. And so the Word of God is still living. It's still, just as He was the same yesterday and today and forever, you know, the word of God is with him in that. And so it is the same yesterday, today, and forever. It can apply. Um, Absolutely. It, it spans all generations. Like there's no like, oh, well, that was written 
500 years ago, it doesn't really apply anymore today. No, it's it's very applicable today. Right, and there was different, you know, situations that were important in that time, and the world is a different, you know, place mm-hmm. today, but there's still principles, there's still guidelines, there's still truths that apply then that apply now. So that's kind of the way that we look at what it is. And so that leads us to why read it. If it's just this thing of the past, which we just explained, we don't believe it is, we understand that we need to read it because it it is important. And so one of the things that came to my mind um, when I was thinking about why I read the Bible or why I think it's important to read it as a family or to instill um, the truths and the word in my family, I thought of Ephesians 6. So I'm actually going to read an excerpt from Ephesians 6. And those of you who have read the Bible or are familiar with God's word, this is probably going to sound familiar, but I'm going to read it and then we can talk about it. So I thought of Ephesians 6 and I'm going to start in verse 10. It says, finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Mm -hmm. So to me, that is just one excerpt that really reminds me of why I read the word of God and why I need to hide these words in my heart and I need to know them. Um, and it's because we are fighting a war and I truly believe that I don't believe it's a war that many of you are thinking about, you know, among nations, it's, it's a war among heaven and hell and it's spiritual and the devil is, um, a strong power, but I believe that God will win and God is is victorious, but it is important for me to have my heart, um, prepared for that battle and to remember that while I'm in this place on earth, there are cosmic powers fighting. And I can use the word of God as um, that weapon, which is what it goes on to say when it's talking about the armor of God, um, to fight that war. And so it's just important to have it in your heart and on your mind um, and in your uh, presence often. Absolutely. And I, I love that as well, because I I, um, I struggled with this maybe when I was in college trying to figure out uh, how do I view God and how do I work within the, the Bible and things like that? Uh, and it kind of was a light bulb moment when I was reading the Bible where I, I came to the realization that uh, all of these problems that I have, all this heartache, all of these struggles um, aren't like of this world. They're all because of the fall. They're all because um, the Satan tried to be God and, and, and kind of messed all of this up. Uh, and so it's just brings the, the, all that back into context and all in, in the kind of perception, my perception of why I sin and perception of, of what this Bible does for me and the power that it has has changed when that happens. So, um, it's, it's amazing for that. And I love, uh, being able to hide the words in my heart so that when I, when those do, those situations do come up, I'm able to lean back on the power of the word. Yeah, and you mentioned earlier like what the word is, and you talked about how it's a guide to um, living like a holy mm-hmm. and righteous yep. life. And so that's another reason why I think it's really important to know the word, because if we are truly striving to live a life like Christ did, then we need to hide his words in our heart. We need to hide these um, Bible truths within us so that we are pointed towards righteousness and so that we can overcome sin. And that reminded me of... Psalm one nineteen eleven, 
which says, I have stored up your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. And um, I think that that's an important reminder that why, why is this important and why read the Bible? Because we're, we're working towards a life that is holy and righteous. And if we're putting his words in our heart, then we can continue to seek that and have that with us all the time. Yep. I love that. Yeah. And so one thing I wanted to mention too is uh, Andrew and I, you know, some of you know us better than others, but Andrew and I were truly blessed in our childhood. We had parents who had these beliefs and who, you know, read the word of God, who exposed us to the word of God, took us to church, um, sang hymns. You know, so many of the hymns have, you know, just scripture in them. So we had these truths instilled in us and we were familiar with a lot of these verses from a really, really young age. And, you know, as our childhood went on, honestly, I think Andrew and I can say that we had pretty fruitful, pretty, um, enjoyable, pretty happy childhoods. Mm -hmm. We didn't have a lot of trauma or, um, a lot of grief or things like that. I mean, there were things that happened, but nothing sticks out to me as like, I had a hard or sad childhood. The only thing would be when my mom made hot dogs and sauerkraut and I hated it. But other than that. (laughs) Yeah, that's the kind of stuff we were dealing with as kids. And so we are truly thankful for that and we are blessed in that. But, you know, that season came and that season went. And then there were times as we got older where life circumstances got a whole lot harder. And because those seeds of God's word had been planted in our heart, we had truths to fall back on. We had those um, reminders within us um, when we needed strength or when we needed encouragement or when we needed peace. Mm-hmm. Um, we had verses stored in our hearts that when we were children, we didn't understand the um, role that that was going to play as we got older. But then once we got older and we needed those, we relied on those, and those were um, something that carried us through some of those times. It just really came to light how important and how blessed we were to have those in our heart. And so I, I feel strongly about doing that for my children, giving them exposure to the Word of God, you know, teaching them songs that have Scripture in them, helping them memorize Scripture, teaching them the stories of the Bible. Because I know as I've gotten older and I've had to depend on those how amazing it is to have that in your heart, to know it, to believe it, and to have it um, as a strength and an encouragement. So we're going to share some of our favorite verses and favorite stories that have kind of spoke to us in different times in our lives or are currently speaking to us. And like Andrew said, I also asked our kids some of their favorite verses and stories. So we'll share um, some of that too. So now we'll share, like Andrew said, some of our family's favorite verses and stories that have just spoken to us or that we find um, just as our favorites. Mm-hmm. So I we asked our kids, and so it was fun to hear their perspectives, and yeah. we'll talk a little bit about that. So Zach, he's our older son. He's um, almost 11. I asked him his favorite Bible verse, and he really surprised me with both of the things that he shared, but I loved it. So his favorite verse, he said, was Philippians 4, 4, which is rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. And I think it's cool that that is Zachary's favorite verse. And I hope that what I said earlier about our seasons of life when we were kids and stuff and planning those words 
and then it becoming more meaningful. I hope that's what happens with that verse for Zach. I hope that that will truly be like his heart's cry that no matter what he goes through in his seasons of life or in his future, that he will hide that word in his heart and he will always rejoice in the Lord. Absolutely. Because again, as we talked about earlier, this world is broken and this world is going to, you know, fade away. And so if we rejoice in the Lord always, we can keep that eternal mindset and thinking about, you know, eternity with Christ. And so I love that. And then Zach also told me that his favorite story of the Bible was Job. Um, Which surprised me. It did surprise me me too. Um, And it really makes me want to read that story as a family or like with him because I would like to read it again. It's been a while since I read it, but he kind of elaborated and he said, I like it because even though he went through so much and so much hurt and so much pain and so much suffering, the Lord prevailed and the Lord's good, um, perfect plan mm-hmm. ended up um, being the outcome. And so we promise he's only 10. Yeah. He's very profound. If you know, Zach, a lot of you would probably agree with that. We've had a lot of people tell us that, but um, his viewpoint of just that even through the suffering, God blessed Job Mm-hmm. that's the words that Zach used and I just loved that. And so that inspired me. I want to go back, like I said, and read that story again. So Andrew's going to tell you about Colby's. Yep. <laughs> so Colby is our six year old. And so we asked him and he thought about it for a little bit. Uh, yeah, he did. Uh, and then he picked out David and Goliath, which I love that. I'm, I'm really excited about it. We asked him why. Uh, and he thought about it a little bit more and he said, well, because the good guys win, which He's six, and I love that. I love that. One of the great things about a lot of these Bible stories that the kids really love um, is is because God does win. And I think for them, it's very black and white on, you know, good guys win over the bad guys. Uh, and it's very encouraging to kind of instill that. You see, yes, God wins. God wins when you are struggling. God is there for you to do that. And also, um, Colby did mention that uh, the, the little guy, one against mm-hmm. the big bully. And I think as a six-year-old and as a little brother too, uh, he falls into that a lot where he see it, uh, his world perception is that he's the little guy. Mm-hmm. And it's really encouraging to him to see the little guy prevail. Right. And we're trying to instill in, in him like, yeah, God is for the little guy. He is yeah. always there. He's He's going to be stronger than anybody else, than any of the bullies or any of the other you know guys that are going to go up against the little guy. So, and encourage me to hear that from him. Yeah, and I think that's why you know a lot of times at church or different things they start with those stories because, like David Colby, can feel like he relates. You know, we always yeah. want to. In order for something to be more yep. meaningful, sometimes when you can relate to it, it seems more important. So I loved that. All right, so I don't really have a favorite Bible story. (laughs) There's so many, and I think that they just speak to me at different times through different circumstances. But I did identify three verses that I was going to talk about, um, and they kind of fit different periods in my life. So when I was younger, um, just really starting to become more familiar with God's Word, I would say around the age of probably 10, I... um, favored this verse and many of you probably know it. It's first Timothy four twelve, and I'm going to read it from the NIV, but it says, don't let anyone look down on you because you are young, but set an example for the believers in speech in conduct in love and faith and impurity. And I love that because it's just a reminder that God can use everybody. 
And um, I was just almost brought to tears this year when I walked into my son's classroom at his public school and his teacher has a big canvas of this on the wall. And I just feel like for young people, it is so meaningful that God is using them um, through their circumstance, even though uh, they are young. They don't need to be looked down upon as little little people. They are um, believers. They are uh, truth bearers. They mm-hmm. are created in God's image. And um, I just loved that verse as a kid. And I just, again, I was almost brought to tears when I saw that my son's teacher had it on the wall in his classroom because I feel like it's so important for young people. Another one that I wanted to share, this was one that I feel like became more um, kind of my heart's cry and more important to me was maybe in my teenage years and into maybe even college. And it's Romans twelve two, And it says, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. And I really like this verse, especially like I said, in those teen years for me, um, do not conform anymore to the pattern of this world. We all know that the world is not um, a fulfilling place. It's not a righteous and a holy place. And when you're a teenager and you're trying to figure out what your future holds and trying to kind of find yourself, but then also be cool. Mm. I feel like this verse just had so much meaning during that time. And it still does today. I mean, I still am intertwined in a dark world and a world that's not holy and righteous, but I definitely feel like during those critical years of finding myself and of really seeking who God created me to be, that verse just stuck out to me. And the part that, um, really I feel like is even the most powerful part is the end when it says you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is. Um, you know, sometimes when I was in those teen years, I felt like I was praying and I wasn't hearing anything back. I felt like I was kind of asking questions, but not getting answers. And I feel like by the renewing of my mind, by the continual, um, prayer by continual reading of the word by continual worship that renewing of my mind and that true seeking of God is when I finally started to hear his answers and I started to understand his directions that he would give me because we all know we can't pick up the phone and just talk to God so um I felt like that constant renewal is what really helped me be more confident in understanding and what God wanted for my life Mm-hmm. And then the one I would say today that um, I go back to often and that God reminds me of probably daily is John fourteen twenty seven, And it says, peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. Um, especially in this parenting journey and kind of in this crazy world that we live in, it is very easy to let fear creep in for me to let anxious thoughts creep in for me to just allow the devil to try to take hold of those thoughts. And just saying this verse over and over in my head just reminds me that God is peace. This, there's nothing on this world that will give me satisfaction or a calm heart or mind, but that God, God is the one who's going to give that to me. And like I said, I go back to that verse almost every day. Right now it's on my watch face, on my smartwatch. Um, 
I have it inscripted over certain pictures that I look at a lot. And it is just something that I say daily as a reminder. I love the part that talks about how God is leaving this piece with me. He gives it to me and he can give it to me over and over and over again. Um, also, I love the part where he just says, don't be troubled and don't be afraid. Isn't there something that says, God, the Bible has like, do not be afraid 365 yeah, times. Yeah, a lot of times, yeah. I think I've heard it's 365 times in the word of God. It says, do not be afraid or fear not. And so it's like literally one for every day of the year. And I just feel like for me, that's that means a lot. Mm-hmm. All right, so now Andrew's going to tell you his favorites. Yeah, um, mine aren't as sappy. Uh, I love Sarah and her sappy ones. So that's her and I love that. Um, but I do have stories mainly. I have one verse that I'll share with you and two stories that I love. So um, the first story is from the Old Testament. It is 2 Kings 6. Uh, and we, We're going to go ahead and start in verse 15 and a little bit of context around this. This is where Elisha, not Elijah, but Elisha, the prophet, um, was surrounded by chariots and a war lord of Syria. They were going to come down and, and kill him because he was giving good advice, basically good prophet advice to the king of Israel, and Israel and Syria were at war. So what happened, I'll read starting at verse 15. So this is 2 Kings six fifteen. When the servant of the man of God, which is Elisha, rose early in the morning and went out, behold, an army with horses and chariots was all around the city, And the servant said, Alas, my master, what shall we do? He said, Do not be afraid, for those who are with us are more than those who are with them. And then Elisha prayed and said, O Lord, please open his eyes that he may see. So the Lord opened the eyes of the young man, and he saw. And behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire, all around Elisha. And when the Syrians came down against him, Elisha prayed to the Lord and said, please take these people with blindness. So he struck them with blindness in accordance with the prayer from Elisha. So I love this story for a few reasons. So uh, the first is that um, there's, there's genuine fear from the servant. The servant comes out in the morning, probably stretching, you know, he's like, oh, I'm going to get this kink out of my neck. And he looks up and there's an absolute army in front of him. And there's there's fear. And so he leans upon his master and says, you know, what are we going to do? And you can almost, within the words of the Bible, you can just sense the calmness that Elisha, the peace that Elisha has. He's just like, don't worry about it. We've got, there's more people on our side than there is on their side. And, and, and you're like, what? The servant's probably like, I don't understand what you're talking about. I'm still scared out of my mind. And in that moment, God is able to, through the prayers of Elisha, be able to show him the army of God that we have on our side. And that was always, for me as a young guy, it was always a comforting feeling. Knowing like, just like we talked about earlier, that our warfare is against the spiritual aspect of life it is not against the things in this world yes things in this world stink but really what we're fighting against is satan and the the demons that he has and being able to read this passage and know yeah there are angels and chariots of fire all around us protecting us all the time and we lean on christ we lean even more on him and those will be more evident every single day um so that's, that's my favorite one from the Old Testament. 
The favorite one from the New Testament is kind of a funny one. Um, I absolutely love the story of Jesus going to the temple and ransacking the place. So going in, um, they had made it a, a den of robbers is what he said, um, where they were selling, you know, sacrificial doves and animals and stuff like that for people. Um, what I love about that story is it shows to me that Christ had emotion. Mm-hmm. I think there is a misconception, especially um, in older kind of churches, where you are supposed to act a certain way. You're supposed to be very stoic and you're supposed to be very, very calm and you're supposed to kind of downplay a bunch of things. And that episode or that story with Jesus just shows to me that, that we are made in God's image and we are, it's okay to have these types of emotions. It's okay to be super angry. Um, it's okay to um, get into situations where you, you kind of lose control a little bit as long as you gain control back. But it's okay because that happens to God too. And that really, really encourages me. Do you have anything to say about that? No. no. Do you want to read the story? Uh, no, I wasn't going to read it because okay. most people know that story. So um, so the point, your thoughts on that is just the reminder that, you know, God had emotion. Mm-hmm. Or Absolutely. that Jesus, you know, who was God in human form, had emotion. And, and that we can relate to that. And I love that because that's so true. Because, you know, we talk about being at peace in this world and all the ways we're supposed to kind of suppress some of that. Yeah. So uh, those are the two things that I, the ones I love. And then recently uh, in the net and the last probably five years, um, my favorite verse has come out. I, I was in a stage of life where I felt like I was very busy and with two kids, um, we, you are busy. We still feel that way. Yeah. yeah. You are very busy. And so there's a, the verse in first Thessalonians f- chapter four. Um, and this letter that it's written to the Thessalonians is kind of going line by line of all the problems that they're having and, and um, kind of addressing all of them. Hey, you need to do this. Make sure you watch out for this and all that stuff. And I love um, chapter four, verse 11. Um, and they're talking to their brothers and it says, but we urge you brothers to do more and more and to aspire to live quietly and to mind your own affairs to work with your hands as we instructed you so that you may walk properly before outsiders and be dependent on no one. And I love that verse because it spoke to me about being um, quiet. And I'm a loud guy. Yeah. So it's hard for me to be quiet. And so when God says, listen, you're, you're, you're too busy, you're too involved in other things, Take a step back, learn to live a quiet life and and rest in the Lord. And you will be able to walk properly before people. I think sometimes I get so worked up um, that I'm not able to stay the course because I'm so busy. I'm so busy that I don't stick my my head in the word. Um, I don't hang out with the right people. I don't focus on the right things because there's just too much. When I take a step back and I'm able to live quietly, mind my own business and be like, all right, cool, I'm going to focus on the things that I can have control over or I can impact, then I'm better at that. I'm, I'm much better. I'm much more sound, as mm-hmm. you could say. 
Yeah. And I think the part that talks about work with your hands, mm-hmm. um, I like that part because I think it's not saying like, just be useless. You know, it, yeah. it's saying like with purpose, like use your hands and, and do things that God, you know, guides you to do. And I, I like that verse a lot. Yeah. I know that you've told me that verse before is one of your favorites. So, um, if you're willing, we would love to hear what your favorite verses are or your favorite stories are. You can always like comment on our social media or send us messages because that's encouraging. I hope that this share out of our favorites is encouraging. There's so many things we could talk about in the Bible, but these are just some of the ones that um, we narrowed it down to. So we'd love to hear yours too. Absolutely. Thank you for listening to uh, our take on the the Bible verses and Bible stories that impacted our lives the most. We hope that you're encouraged by this. We hope that you have an opportunity to discuss your favorite Bible verses and Bible stories with friends and family in the future um, to help identify those a little bit more or narrow those down. But the real reason we do this is to encourage you and to hopefully get you reading the word even more because we know from personal experience that that is what uh, helps us out in our daily times as much as possible. So Right, in all of our daily circumstances. Mm-hmm. And if you're someone listening today and you feel like you don't know much about the Bible or about the Word of God, I would encourage you to just jump in and start reading it. There are many different um, guides that you can use. There's like read through the Bible in a year. There's different Mm -hmm. studies that focus on different books of the Bible. If you feel overwhelmed by the whole thing, you could just focus on certain books of the Bible. So don't be afraid to reach out to us if you have questions or if you want some advice on what to do to maybe get started reading the Bible more, becoming more familiar with it, or hiding those words in your heart. And we'll be happy to give you some tips or some advice. A lot of people start in like Psalms or Proverbs. Um, That just seems to be a good place to start. There's lots of um, just really applicable and there's also some verses that you've probably heard before that come out of those chapters and those books. So maybe that's a place to start. But we would just encourage you, if you're someone who wants to get more familiar with your Bible, to just jump in and, and start reading it. Yep. So again, thanks for listening today. We're so thankful that you joined us today for episode six. And we hope that you'll share this with friends and family that you think will be encouraged by the episode. And we hope that you'll join us next time for episode seven. Mm-hmm.